0: On today's episode, Benny and I talk about death education, the importance of it, what the curriculum might look like,
1: and what age do we talk to them. Absolutely, and death education needs to happen, so you better listen in. Let's talk about death,
0: baby. Let's talk about grief and mourning.
1: Is it argumental or existential? What's it mean to be? Me? Let's talk about death.
0: Psychologist. Hey, Nick, let's talk about death. Let's do it. Welcome back to Let's Talk About Death today. Dr. Nick and Benny, we are going to talk about the importance of death education, and maybe even talk about how we can make a curriculum.
1: Yes, Dr. Nick, this is something we have been talking about a lot. Um, we brought it up on our clubhouse. If you haven't checked that out, check it out every Thursday. Um but uh, we brought up our clubhouse. We brought it up. I've brought it up to my associations, both uh, Michigan and national. And uh, honestly, it's something that needs, needs to be done. Um, if, if, I, if I can't have all the listeners right now, take a breather and close your eyes. And if you can, turn back to a time when you were literally a freshman in high school. Try to think of what you actually knew about death and dying and grief if you knew anything at that point. Now, I want to add a couple things to that. Now, let's add a national pandemic to the plate and a possible extra world war that may be coming down the line. These are all things that I I strongly suggest a death education and grief needs to be implemented in our high schools. My suggestion is freshman year, a mandatory, um, at least semester, of death, dying, and grief education. Now, how would that look like, and why is this so important? Well, I can assure you right now that everybody talks about the burnout in all mental health fields, including Dr. Nick's field of psychology and my field, of funeral professionals. With this, if we can educate our youth on death, dying, grief, it will help not only promote healthy grieving, which therefore healthier lives, because as we've always said, if you're not talking about death, you aren't living. And that is such a true statement. We have been spending too, too much of our time as Americans not talking about death and hiding death because we think it would be easier for a family not to deal with death. Let me assure all listeners out there, you will die. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it's going to happen. And the more that we talk about death and the more that we educate on death, the less death becomes such a taboo and such a nightmare to people's lives. So like I said, my suggestion is high school because I feel high school is when you really come up with your first existential crises. You're going from grade school. You're going to high school. You're learning about yourself. You're lear- learning about other people. You're you're you you're dealing. Usually, I think the statistics say in high school is when you f- first come across your, or averagely your first major death, whether that be a grandparent. Whether averagely, that, averagely. I just made up that word. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sounds you know, good. A very curricular, <laughs> curricular out there. Curricular. Van- <laughs> any <laughs> any anywho. Yikes! I know the the studies out there has said high school is when you n- normally have your first experience with. Now, I'm not saying everybody. I'm saying that's the the average age. So you're dealing with death. You got this pandemic going. People are dying. And let's talk about that for a sec, Doc Nick. Most children today or a lot of children today are being raised by their grandparents, right? Because if both parents are working. So some of these children, if not a lot, have lost one or two of their grandparents, both, to COVID. Therefore, They've been traumatically impacted with the pandemic during this crucial stage of self-identity and mortality, to be honest, right? High school would be, I, I, would, I would assume, when those big moments truthfully happen. I, I don't think we could sell uh, eighth graders or seventh graders or younger death education, but I do think freshman year is appropriate to start the see. Education. I, I don't know. I I don't I
0: don't know if I agree with that. I think seven and eighth graders have enough experience. Where I think if you came age appropriate, I think the big key here that we're talking about is is making a curriculum set for a certain age group, right? Of course, right. We're not going to talk about the process of embalming with you know fourth graders, uh, but the idea of what's the why it's important to go to a funeral or what um what is acceptable or not acceptable to talk about which we all know it's acceptable to talk about this stuff or maybe how to even approach an adult that maybe are trying to i think in you know, unfortunately i think for a lot of adults they they believe that they are protecting the youth by not talking about this stuff right um, it's miseducations, ignorance, whatever we want to call it. But the reality is, is that it's it's all for the good. You know, they're trying to protect their child. That's why some parents will say, you know, can they handle a funeral? Can they emotionally be able to figure out what's going on and how to deal and how to cope? The reality is, is that I don't even know if adults are ready or able to cope with a funeral to begin with, death, because we don't, we don't do well with it as human beings in general, at least in our culture. So I think the important part is, is that if we decided that, you know, it may be more acceptable or may, may age, more age appropriate, depending on what kind of curriculum we are setting up. But I think if you went at it with the, you know, the psychological uh, adaption of where they're at process wise with their age. I think that you could you could go younger. You could go fifth, sixth grade.
1: Yeah, but I think, I think the idea is we want to implement it. And I think an easier way to implement it would be at an older age to talk about death and dying. Because you're absolutely right. There is no curriculum made yet for this situation. So I do feel like it would be an easier sell to get it in the high schools first. But that doesn't necessarily mean that years down the line, we can't implement it younger and younger with studies and all that. Because that's oh, all absolutely
0: ab- abso- I get what you're saying. I'm just saying when we're going to talk about this, you you keep you, you keep going with this word selling and uh you know, I it's unfortunate that we have to sell this. This is this is supposed to be something that we need to it is definitely something that's needed. And especially with all the unfortunate, traumatic, tragic deaths of COVID with young parents dying, there's a lot of children out there right now that don't have parents. So again, and I'm talking grade school kids, I'm not talking high school kids. So again, so what about the kids that are in grade school that just lost their parents and nobody wants to talk? Nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody wants to talk about COVID. And if we are going to talk about COVID, we're going to get sidetracked on things such as the vaccination or non-vaccination. This is not me making um, a statement here. I'm just saying that ultimately at the end of the day, these children lost their parents. Um, so how do we help them? And I think one way we, we could do that is by approaching this at a systemic issue, right? So how do we get the lecture or the the conversation started in schools in general about death and then maybe as they get older we can get more specific in what does that process look like? What does a funeral director have to go through to you know, whether we're going embalming or um, the process of uh, green burial, which is
1: becoming a a, not a lot of people know about green burial yet. I want to make it abundantly clear that death education is not promoting funeral profession or, or promoting funerals or anything in general. I'm talking in a vast to actually have instruments and tools to be able to navigate their own grief. And that's the thing. Grief education is not just about the death of an individual. It could be about a death of a relationship, a death of a a society. Look, we have a pandemic. Um, Death of a friendship. Um, All these things that um, young individuals are going through outside of losing people um, to death um, is all part of that. And I want to make that abundantly clear. This is not just for me to get that uh, funeral professions are important and the funerals are important. Yes, I think that there should be a part in the curriculum on the history and why we do what we do with burials, cremations, the history of why we embalm, where it started, why families gather, what other societies um, or other other countries do um, with their dead, um, but also the psychology side, Nick. The socioeconomic side of it, you have, my my idea would be to get all the professionals that deal with death as a uh, death professional, therefore hospice nurses, you have palliative doctors, you have funeral directors, you have psychologists, you have counselors, you have uh, social workers, Um, everybody and anybody who deals with death as a profession needs to be a part of making up the curriculum. I think it, the, the main part of this is to educate the youth on the importance of being able to go through their grief. Therefore, they have to learn about death to learn how to navigate through grief. Is that, would you say that's correct? Yeah, absolutely. I, but I,
0: but I, I, again, this, this may be a, an issue in general of we need to bring value back to every death worker. Whether it is a funeral director, whether it's a death doula, whether it's a um hospice worker, a palliative care doctor psychologist uh counselor social worker what, whatever it does it doesn't matter all of these have value, and I think one thing that i I wonder about and it's my i guess it's my experience too is where is the value when it comes to grieving right and part of the grieving process is what do you do, right? Is there a funeral? Is there a burial? Is there, which again, I get what you're saying. That shouldn't be the focus, but let's, but let's be real. That's so important. And I think the the fact is, is that if we don't talk about how important or how valuable educating people on their options and um, educating people on, you know, what death is and why we do this and why we take care of people, yes, there is the, the economic part, part of it there's the uh there's the psychology part of it there's the family part of it there's all this stuff that goes on and yet we barely you know touch the tip of the iceberg when we're talking to people because either a we're afraid that we're going to come across as salesmen as okay I'm speaking as a funeral director here or part of a funeral directing family I am not a funeral professional but um, I think a lot of death care workers are afraid of speaking to the value of themselves because they don't want to come across as salesmen. But the reality is, is what they do is a business. So it's, it's this tricky, I, I think everything, hospice workers, palliative, palliative care doctors and psychologists, it's, it's, a, it's a tough line of work. But I think it's important that we educate people on the value of why we exist, too.
1: But if if, if we're already educating them on death, grief, and et cetera, et cetera, it's going to lead to them showing value to what we do. There's going to be value in, okay, that's why people have funerals. That's why people do memorial services. That's why people bury. That's why people cremate. Um, That's why um, people go to nursing homes. That's what happens when um, the body breaks down or that's what decomposition actually is. You know, if you know it, it's not as scary. You know, I, I've, I've always loved when I was going to college um, and, and through other funeral directors when I talked to them, realize any information you give a family on what we do behind in our embalming rooms or in our care centers, to them, if they don't hear that from us, they're coming up with an even scarier idea of what we're doing back there. Because that's part of the fear is the not knowing, right? It's not knowing. Well, let me pause you right there. You even
0: made the comment. It's interesting you made the comment that it's even scarier. So you're implying that the process
1: of embalming is scary. And see, I disagree with that. I I I think for some people, they don't, especially people who are afraid of needles or afraid of blood, you know that's part of the embalming process. That that there there's no way around that, Doc. So if you have a fear of needles or blood or, you, you know, because be fear of like hospitals in general or anything, yeah, that has just to do anything. With...
0: Okay, I just wanted to because
1: I or think... fear of death in general to have somebody dead on a table, um, is is not. It, it, it's not the most pleasant idea for a lot of people. I'm not saying I didn't mean scary. I'm saying that people tend to have a bigger imagination on what goes behind closed doors. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Therefore, I agree with you there. it it definitely spikes the fear pr- process, which obviously we know fear leads to anger, et cetera, et cetera. Um, th- these are all things that can be educated through the process. But yeah, I I, I want to just make it clear to the listeners: this isn't just me on a soapbox saying. We want funeral directors to be heard and seen. That's not. I, I. I honestly want the youth to be educated, therefore they can live healthier lives. We can save lives, Doc, because if there maybe is maybe if we could stop some of this fear, some of this um, unknowing that oh people actually care that I'm I'm shown or people actually care what happens to to me after I die. You know, it's this idea that as we've talked about before we we were, we're growing into this individualist society when we need to be more community based again we need to be able to spread love and we need to be able to educate and i think by doing this we're we're showing the value in death how we deal with our death and we think it's important that our youth are smart enough to understand it and and doc you bring up a good point adults don't even know so these kids are going to they're end up they're going to end up teaching their own parents and if this is done correctly they're going to pass it down to their kids and we're going to have this systemic which you were talking about problem eradicated so
0: let's get down to brass tacks what do you think is the major hurdles for us to get death education in schools
1: well there's there's money i mean there's money to come up with the process i think there's time Because like I said, I think the best way to do this is to get all professionals together. Because there's part of death that, doc, you see isn't something that I deal with on a daily basis like you do. Just like a a counselor or a um, hospice hospice nurse or a palliative doctor or um, a thanatologist, right? There's reasons for their degrees. There's reasons for what they do. And I I honestly think a well-rounded version of a, a crash course of what we deal with. To give them at least a view of what death looks like and how to navigate properly through grieving. Does that,
0: does that, so you would, you're thinking in your mind almost like a round table discussion that would come up with the curriculum. Yeah. You know, like, you know, therapist, funeral director, um, maybe a, like a religious worker, chaplain, Um, a pastor. Okay. So you'd have all these people in the room discussing the importance of talking about death.
1: Correct. And they would come up with, um, a, like I said, a semester of how that would look. So maybe part of it, part of the curriculum is the history, the history of death. So you start with, you know... Um, the Egyptians and embalming, and and then you go on to. I mean, I'm just speaking about funeral directing because for me that just I know more material. But you, you know, you go through the process of that and how you know Greeks dealt with their dead, Romans dealt with their dead, and then you go on to um, learning about the Civil War and how um, the the they wanted their boys back home, so they would embalm the bodies and and send the boys back home. So let me let me let me
0: ask you this though, right? Because this would have to be a a specialized what semester so we're talking in a a class right and we know that if we're talking high schools there's a lot of focus on mathematics and english and all this stuff right a lot of these students to get you know get into the big schools like you know we live in michigan so like u of m or michigan state right they have to get all these credits in are you saying that this would have to become an accredited situation yes it would be
1: a mandatory
0: course how would you mandate? Okay. Okay. So so then it wouldn't be something that someone could specially do like as a senior, as like, a, um, like they could choose psychology or, or they could actually choose um, death education.
1: Do you, do you think as a professional right now in today's world, it is important for every student to have to go through this or just the ones that want to take it as an extracurricular? Well, you know, I, I think for it's 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 tricky. And the reason why I say it's tricky. What is if it was a semester that you could take, but you could choose to take it as long as you got it done by your senior year?
0: Yeah, well, absolutely. I just think, like I said, the the problem is, is that there's a lot of pressure on these high schools and slash these students. We, we keep forcing our kids to, to figure out what they want to do younger and younger. I sit with a lot of teenagers in, in my room and one of their, you know, um, repeating experiences is the pressure put on them to go to college um, and to get all these uh, applications in. And maybe that would be something we also need to talk to the colleges about as part of, you know, maybe this would look really good on their college resume to have this. I don't know. You know, again, there's just so
1: many dynamics here that I think. But you could look at that the opposite way too. All this pressure is being placed on them, right, Doc, which we know leads to depression, anxiety, which could possibly lead to suicidality. If we're bringing in a course that helps them navigate their grieving processes and helps them navigate living by doing that, do you think we could possibly save some suicide daily? So at the end of the day. Oh, absolutely. But how do we get people to understand the importance of this? How do we get people? I don't think we need to. I think people understand mental health more than ever is more important than anything else, especially with a pandemic who is literally crippling our society. It's taking people that had no priors and taking them out. Yeah. There's, no age, I mean, there's no age restriction yet again, and we're also dealing with a time where there could possibly be another world war. So there's extra stress and there's extra anxiety on that as well. So I don't think, I don't think, I don't think getting people to understand that death education is important. It's how do we package it? How do we package this and make it sellable, right? That's the idea.
0: Right. Well, absolutely. I I do believe it's going to be kind of an all in or nothing. I think we all have to buy into this. And I think we all have to make it very clear again. And this is, I will repeat this probably so many times in this show, but we got to find the value in this. There has to be value. And me and you can sit here for three hours easily and talk about what we, why we think there's a value here. But for someone who maybe hasn't experienced
1: death, they might not understand the value of it. But let me assure you, Doc, they are going to experience death. So even if they're not prepared now. A- absolutely. I mean, I'll go back
0: to what I witnessed in, in school. I had a professor that literally told me that getting in, being a grief and loss specialized uh, psychologist was a joke. Like you're not going to make money in that. And the, I think the quote, if I can remember 100% word for word, was everybody knows how to grieve. Nobody knows all, how to agree. We all know, well, at least in my That's experience, that we don't, thing. and that was a silly comment. And and again, I think the important part is is that we also have to recognize that maybe it is obviously it's death anxiety and trying to elude from that and try to run away as best as we can from that. But I think society is really going to push back on this because I think that some people really truly believe that grief is something
1: that we should all just inherently be able to deal with. Oh, it's so wrong. You know what? Let's, let's throw this out to you as the listeners. If you have any thoughts on this, should there be a death education program in high schools? Is it important? Is it not important to you? Would you, um, how would we do it? Any help, any, any thoughts, you know, um, especially you in the mental health profession, um, feel free to send us or send us a little like, yeah, absolutely, go for it. Um, we'd like to hear from you if you have any questions on that. Or maybe you're a part of a high school and you're like, how would schematically that even work? Um, feel free to please leave us any thoughts or questions on let's talk letstalkaboutdeathpod at gmail.com.
0: Or even you're a politician and you're looking at maybe putting, throwing this into the, the, the curriculum at schools. We are willing to
1: talk. So. We are willing to be <laughs> yeah. the faces Give us a call. of death education in America. And see, that's the beauty, too. America's not the only nation that needs this. You know, other nations, and, and, and Nick, can, Nick can vouch for me on this. Doc can vouch for me on this. When we talked about this um, openly on communities. Clubhouse. Yeah, Clubhouse Well, yeah We got uh, people from Canada who are like this, this needs to be done in Canada too This needs to be done in other European places Let's honestly do that And let's start teaching our young about death How about that? I know? agree, let's do it You know what, Doc? I think it's time Let's do some Q&As Let's do it Q&A, and a Everyone loves that Q&A
0: all right, Benny boy, number one. Give me some of that
1: Q&A, please. All
0: right, this is the first question. Give it to me. Is death really so bad? So I've been reflecting a lot on life lately. I've experienced a lot of hardships and no doubt some very beautiful moments too. But I wonder why people, even those who struggle significantly in life, fear death. Is this due to our evolutionary need to survive? No doubt life is great, and fleeting is a great and fleeting thing, but I feel like many should see death as a final reward rather than a peril. Just a thought.
1: You know, first, first and foremost, to answer this question, this person must, or in in the way that they're writing has a, um, a view of death like I do, which is the good grief movement, which is there's nothing but beauty in death. And that is true. The problem is to make that assumption for everybody is is silly because the problem is some people deal with death at a very very young age um that there's no understanding of it. Death is so so open to interpretation, and that is the beauty and for some the scary- the scary part about it um, I remember Dad always telling um high schoolers when we talk to high schoolers that death is just walking in another door that you don't know what's on the other side that's honestly the biggest fear of death is that we don't know you you know and he always brought up like when you're going into kindergarten for the first day and you know you're you're getting your backpack and and your mom and your dad are telling you it's going to be this beautiful experience but you're scared you're you're absolutely scared because you have no idea what's in that next room And I think that's what death is. All of us have a perspective of what death is or what it will look like. And the thing is, maybe for some, they don't have a very nice picture of or perspective on death. Therefore, their death looks extremely different from somebody who may have um, a religious perspective of heaven and hell or et cetera, et cetera. So. Yes, is death is death really so bad? My honest opinion is no, but for some it is and 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 that's what we're trying to do on this podcast is bring let's bring that up. let's talk about that. Let's talk that it's okay for you to feel um that's okay to be death anxious um I was just talking to my cousin the other day. Um, who has been struggling with death, death anxiety and just randomly talked to me, even though she she knew Doc Nick and I have a podcast on this. Um, it, it's there and it and it's legit. But I think the more we talk about it, the more we openly discuss about it, um, the more we can clear some air. What do you, what do you think, Doc?
0: Well, I think you know, for some people, this is the other thing that um, a lot of people. I, I think you have to kind of put in the back of your mind when you're thinking about death anxiety in general, right? if you are a religious being and you believe in some sort of heaven or an afterlife, it might be easier to think about death if you know that you're going to a better place. Unfortunately, for some people, that's not their beliefs. So, I mean, if we talk about people that don't believe in heaven or an afterlife, um, then it is seems very dark and gloomy. So, I guess it depends on, you know, the culture and the religious backgrounds too. You know, there's other cultures that believe that, you know, um death is a beautiful thing and they take care of um the dead a lot differently than what we do in I guess in our western culture. So, I think this question is multifaceted like normal. Um so, but I would say that it, you know I think I like the way that this person looks at death. Um but I also think that even, you know, people, at least in my experience, I'll just talk about my experience, even with me having a more, I guess, positive outlook on death or, I guess, more acceptable look on death, that doesn't necessarily mean that that doesn't change through time. Um, it definitely did spark, a lot of death anxiety sparked up for me when I started having children, which that is normal because it's not about me anymore. It's about them. So. Again, like maybe for this person at that time in their life, that's how they feel. It may change. And that's normal, too. So whoever whoever wrote this, just put that in the back of your mind. Um, That's all I got to say.
1: Beautifully said, Doc. But here's another one for you. Existential anxiety. Now, Doc, you may or may not know anything about this. I am 16 and suffer from terrible anxiety. One of the ways it manifests for me is health, death, related dread and fear. I am terrified of getting a terminal illness, but more so, I am terrified of losing the people I love. I have never lost anyone personally, but I have watched my parents grieve as old friends pass away, leaving behind families and children of around my age. My grandmother has cancer. As of now, she is managing fine. It is not terminal. But it it was just another reminder of the finality of death. I think about death all day. I am wasting my life consumed by something I cannot control. What should I do? Well,
0: just to me, the first thing, first thought process that comes to my mind is this sounds like someone who's maybe an empath, who's someone who's very focused on other people. And um, sometimes empaths can basically almost inherit someone else's feelings. Grief is not easy. If anybody tells you that grief is easy, I would question where they're coming from. Grief is not an easy thing to deal with. Um, when you choose to love someone, it, it hurts. It, you choose to be hurt when they're gone. And I think the more you love someone, the harder it hurts. But I think that you know this idea of death anxiety, this is a normal thing. and Maybe not a lot of people have told this, this uh, writer here, but it is so normal. Most people just don't talk about it, nor do they think about it. Um, I think the minute that we start, you know, crossing the bridge over, oh, you know, one day you're going to die. I think a lot of people emotionally shut down at that point because the reality is is that none of us want to die. You know, you you mentioned survival of the fittest and that makes, uh, I mean, come on, that makes sense, right? There's a reason why we have a fight or flight mode, right? That is to keep us alive we have a medical system um that is based on the idea that they are going to do everything they possibly can to keep you breathing right we all, we talk about the, on the show a lot about the difference between quality and quantity um but that's not how the a lot of the medical system works right it's this idea that we are going to literally do everything we possibly can to keep you alive and the question then becomes are we actually doing more harm to the person by keeping them alive? Um, and that's a great question to think about and wonder about. Um, kind of got sidetracked here, but I think ultimately what I'm saying to you is is that this is a normal process. Um, if it is starting to affect you um, to the point where it's uh, not allowing you to complete your activities of daily living, then I would suggest maybe seeking out some help, some guidance. Um, And, uh, there's a lot of therapists out there. There's a lot of religious beings out there. If that's, that's your uh, cup of tea. And there's funeral directors out there who, um, aren't therapeutically trained, but they do go through courses in college, um, about psychology and the psychology of death. So reach out to these people. Um, they're more than willing to help you. Um, and if not, if they can't help you, they definitely know someone who can. So
1: Absolutely. And I I just want to say for a 16 year old, this is very, very in-depth and I I applaud you for being so vulnerable um, and writing this all out, writing your heart on this page. Um, Are you crazy? No, you're not crazy at all. Um, To be, to be honest, I I think you're at a pivotal time. You know, it's funny. We brought up death education in high schools, 16 years old, right there. Um, You know, that's, that's a time when you're really dealing with these, dealing with these heavy issues and there's a lot of stress to become what occupation you're going to do, what college you're going to go to. And if you're going to be on the, the all-star basketball team and, and all this extra pressure that gets put on you at such a young age. um, And you're, you're, you're sitting here taking the time to think about the bigger picture, right? You're thinking about death. And I would challenge you to be honest, and and keep talking about this because I I do think the more you talk about this and the more you put this out there, you're gonna find some some sorts of answers. You're not gonna find all of them because none of us. I wish I had the answers to death, but I'm sure you're gonna find some. So keep talking about death, and thank you for those questions.
0: Well, thank you for listening. Uh, make sure that if you got any more questions or concerns, or maybe even comments about this episode, um, send it to our uh, Gmail account. It's Let's Talk About Death Pod. At gmail.com. Share share us with your friends. Spread the word about us. Get people starting that
1: conversation
0: about death.
1: You know, start writing those reviews. If you're if you're listening to us on Apple, the the Apple platform, please write a review. If you're on Spotify, give us stars. Give us give us all of them. Give us all the stars in the world. We are all about those cowboy stars. They're star stricken. You know what I mean? Because honestly, Doc, if you're not talking about death, you ain't living.